Char's been gone for four days, so I'm talking about being alone. <laughs> I know, that's pretty pathetic. But uh, um, There were several things that uh, drew me toward this. Um, last week when we had been looking at the scripture, um, Martha, in a group of people, felt alone. She was overwhelmed with the situation. She's um, trying to put things together, and she's just, she's feeling isolated. And then you have Jesus walking on the water. He'd been by himself. And uh, I was just chewing on those things in connection with this, but also in having lost Kurt, I was thinking about Nancy and that first night alone, you know, I just, I was going, I couldn't imagine this. I I wouldn't want to imagine this. And uh, so that, and this week I had a conversation with a single person who, um, during COVID, has been that much more isolated. You know, and, and I'm going, I this is as close to empathy as I can get in this moment because I've been married for, you know, a long time. <laughs> Don't ask me how many years right now because I'm having trouble. <laughs> I have to figure out the year plus I had one. That said, um, we get into those times and there's a knowledge that God is still with us. And during this season, this is an opportunity for us to explore that in a dimension that maybe we haven't for a while. I can remember years ago as a single person wanting to be married and not. And that lonely cycle and thinking it'll all be over when I get married and then a few weeks into marriage kind of going, I'm having a lonely moment and I don't get it, you know. I have this beautiful bride, and yet it was all, I, I recognized it in a sense as God drawing me to him, just saying, let's talk. Let's spend some time together. So I, I want to go I, use a Christmas verse, and the prophecy made out of Isaiah is there's going to be a virgin with child, and that child is going to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Powerful concept. So, Caden, Emmanuel means God with us, right? Yep. Judah, Emmanuel means God with us, right? Faith, Emmanuel means God with the Good job. The, uh, the recognition that God would come to earth to dwell with humanity is, is the most powerful thing because his design is that he would be with us and in us forever. And, uh, you know, you, you look back through the scripture and you're going, God has designed us for community, and we know that now, Right? particularly during this season. But I was, uh, I was looking at Genesis again. 
And uh, you have God creating the sun, moon, and stars. It's good. He's creating the plants. It's good. He's creating the animals. It's good. And yet the first declaration of something not being good is looking at Adam and saying, I don't like seeing this guy alone. And, and so he, he makes a companion for him. Now, I've been married long enough to say, we still don't see eye to eye on everything. <laughs> Not even close. And uh, the woman just won't change in some things. No, <laughs> I can't make her think like me. She can't me th- make me think like her. But... It's a whole lot better than being alone. I will say that. You know, that's the beauty of the thing. And it's by design that we're meant to be together. So you look at that and and you walk through Scripture and you realize there are a lot of people that experience seasons of aloneness. I think of Jacob. It's when he's wrestling with the angel of the Lord... It says he's, he's by himself, but in a sense, he's facing the demons of his past, the phrase we would use. He, he's wrestling through the things that, that isolated him from family because he did some wrong things, very certainly. And now he's having to face it where he's walking into this situation with his brother, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. And so at very minimum, he's trying to get this figured out with God. You want to die right if you're going to die, right? But, you know, he's just, he's calling out. He needs help. And yet, God is with him, even in that moment of walking through the past and preparing to to face it head on and to make things right. David in Psalm 25 says, Turn toward me and have mercy on me, for I'm alone and oppressed. And he's acknowledging a season where it's just not working as far as relationship and companionship. I think of Elijah. After the showdown on Mount Carmel, when he takes on the 400 prophets of Baal, and he's... He's on the run, and there's this letdown after this huge, wonderful moment. Fire comes down from heaven, and he wins the conflict, so to speak. But in that same day, Jezebel says, if, if you're alive tomorrow, it won't be my fault. And so even though he has this tremendous victory, the war isn't won for the nation in that moment. In fact, he's having to realize that Things are going to go on in some measure as they've been going. And so he's seeing that. He's also recognizing that, man, all this happened and and I've been on the run and and there's exhaustion. You know what it is when when you get through this high moment and then there's a tendency for things to just tail off and drop to the bottom. And he's in that emotional trough, and he says, I'm all alone. And God says, 
Well, not quite. I've got 7,000 that haven't bended their knee yet. But he feels alone in that moment. In the Christmas season, I was thinking, you know, God revealed himself to a number of people that were alone, right? I mean, the shepherds are out at night. They're working. No, everybody else is sleeping. The angel, angels come and, and uh, say, this is great news, a great joy. Good news, a great joy. So, you know, that was going on. Anna was one of the ones that met Jesus at the temple when he's being dedicated. She'd been a widow for 84 years. You know, there's some question of how that aged thing worked, but uh, <laughs> you're not a widow. <laughs> so that whole living life by herself, and yet she sees the Christ child. Simeon, he's, he knows that he's going to be alive until he sees the Lord's anointed. So in that regard, the only thing that's keeping him alive is this promise. There's nothing else said about it. And once he sees the Christ, he goes, okay, Lord, I'm ready to go home. In other words, everything that's been here and everything, it's, it's done. My life's work is finished. So take me home. So in that regard, there's, for him, there's nothing more to live for. What a beautiful thing, though, that God presented himself to him. Jesus, even the very fact that he left heaven to come to earth would have been a, a form of loneliness, stepping into something completely different, something where you're not honored or cherished. There were seasons when uh, he would, when he would go be by himself. When they tried to make him king by force, it says he went up on the mountain. I've always kind of wondered about that. Well, why did they just follow him? But can you imagine climbing hand, hold, foothold on up just to get away? And in a sense, isolating yourself in that regard, stepping away. That's the picture I have of it now. I'm just saying, I need some time by myself. I need to be away from you. I this is not the next best step. After he had healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law and a number of others, it says he got up early the next morning and went off to be by himself. It's like he's looking for clarity. And I think all of us at times, you know, we need varying amounts of isolation, but that's not the long-term picture that we want, right? So Jesus steps off by himself I want to go to John chapter 16 and look at a few of the declarations that Jesus made. Look, a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each one of you, to his own home, and I'll be left alone. Yet I'm not alone because my Father is with me. This is during the Last Supper. So he knows that it, his death is imminent. He knows that this isolation is that he's going to have to walk through this thing by himself. And yet he goes, God is still with me. The Father's still here. So he, he, he makes that declaration. He says, I've told you these things so that in me, 
you may have peace. In the world, you'll have trouble and suffering. So you're going to go through your own times as well. But he's saying peace can accompany you even in this, in a time like this. John chapter 12, there's a very sobering verse. It says, I tell you the solemn truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains by itself alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. He's referring to his own life, and it's like planting that seed, pushing it in the soil, covering it up, and what's left? Just darkness, right? Death. But he's saying out of that is going to come life. And so, you know, you're looking and saying, well, I don't like that picture of just being isolated so much that there's nothing around me. I don't, the picture of death isn't a very appealing either. But he is making a declaration that out of that new life will come. And it's something we, we cling on to. Um, In John 8, he says, The one who has sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. What a powerful idea. In John 14, there's a promise that, If I go and make ready a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, so that where I am, you may be too. I, I, I look at this, and I think about the, the Gethsemane experience where Jesus goes to the garden to pray. It's, it's right at the end before he's taken into custody. And he brings the disciples with him. He asks them to pray. Then he takes the inner three, and, you know, surely they'll get it. He takes them a little further, said, pray. You know, and three times he comes back and finds them sleeping. Now, it, was a, it, it had to be a very stressful moment, and I'm sure they were feeling that. And the fact they'd been up a good share of the night, you know, sleep would have been natural, but it wasn't appropriate in the moment. And Jesus comes and he's he's beginning to feel the isolation that no one else is truly walking with him in this moment. Nobody is truly as invested or caring as what he is. He is truly alone. And then later that evening, again, they, they scatter. So it's a very dark time. And he's calling out to the Father and saying, if possible, take this from me. But not my will, but yours be done. So that, that, that true lonely tension is there. And yet he's acknowledging that Even in that, the Father can be speaking to him. He says, I go and make a place for you. Later in that same chapter, if you'll obey my commands, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot accept because it does not see him or does not know him, but you know him because he resides with you and will be in you. So he's making this declaration that the Holy Spirit will dwell in you no matter what the situation is. There is the presence of God in your life no matter whether anyone's with you or not. 
powerful, powerful blessing to, to pull in and say, okay, God, I need to know your presence in me even now. I will not abandon you as orphans. I am not going to leave you alone. You will know at that time that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That's where, in some ways, we, we have this pet phrase. Have you asked Jesus into your life? This is part of where that promise is built off of, right? I am in you. He's saying, my presence is going to be a part of your life. The Holy Spirit is going to be dwelling in you. You have that opportunity to not walk entirely alone. You may be separated from others, but you are not separated from God. Emmanuel, God with us. God with you and you and you and you and me. (laughs) What a wondrous thing. And so even though we walk through a season that's different than what we're used to, even though we have times of loneliness, whether we're with people or not, times when we're separated from other people, there's still that opportunity to say, God is with us. God is with me. And to cry out and say, Lord, speak to me in this season. Let me know your presence in my life. Let me have that confidence that you're with me wherever I go. What a wondrous thing that is. May your blessing rest on these people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk in your presence and know your voice day by day. I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day.